Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Here they are, The Quiz Kids, with the chief quizzer herself, whom you all know as Aunt Fanny of The Breakfast Club and the Fran of Kukla, Fran, and Ollie, Fran Allison. Hello, everyone, and quiz kids, here's your first question. Back in the 20s, young ladies impressed their bows with windblown bobs. But who was impressed this week by an Irish bob? Now, while you're thinking that over, I think I had better tell everyone just why I'm here. The regular chief quizzer, Joe Kelly, went on a vacation three or four weeks ago, and while he was gone, he became ill. Joe is going to be all right but the doctors say he can't return to the classroom for a couple of months yet. He asked me to take over for him, and I'm delighted to do so because Joe's a friend of mine and because for a long, long time I've loved this Quiz Kids program. So, kids, for the next two months, you and I are going to have a lot of fun together. But I want to warn you, I really was a schoolteacher once, so look out. <laughs> First, let's have roll call. Pat? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 13 years old and a 1A at Calumet High School in Chicago. Sally Ann? I'm Sally Ann Wilhelm. I'm 12 years old. I'm in the 7th grade at Central Junior High School in Elkhart, Indiana. Frankie? I'm Frankie Vanderplug. I'm 6 and 4 quarters. Mine is a quarter of a quarter. Yes, old. And I'm in 1A at the Mount Vernon School in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Mike? I'm Mike Mullen. I'm 13 years old and in the 8th grade at the University of Chicago Laboratory School. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 15 years old and I'm a sophomore at Maine Township High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Thank you. Now, uh, back to our first question. In the 20s, young ladies impressed their bows with windblown bobs. But who was impressed this week by an Irish bob? I think Pat was first. Well, I'll tell you, Miss Allison, I think that would be Danny Nardico, the prize fighter, who was uh, technically knocked out by uh, Irish Bob Murphy this Wednesday. You are absolutely right. And you answered that question in double-quick time. <laughs> but if you hadn't, you would have had some unexpected help. And do you know where from? Your own mother's. That's right. It's Mother's Day today, of course. And so all five of your mothers are right here in class. And we would like each of you to have a corsage to help you celebrate your day. Anytime you children fail to answer a question, we'll let your mothers try it. Is that fair enough? Now, it may be that your mothers won't get to uh, answer very many questions, so we're giving you mothers a little extra assignment. We want each of you to write a poem on the subject my child takes after his father. <laughs> Here's paper and pencil for each of you, and we'll call for your verses later on in the program. But now let's get on with more questions. All right, quiz kids, let's find out how well you know your history. What president of the United States had the same first name as our 14th president and the same last name as our 26th president. Lonnie? Well, our 14th president was uh, Franklin Pierce, so that would be uh, Franklin Roosevelt, who had the same first name as Franklin Pierce and the same last name as Theodore Roosevelt. You are Please. correct. 
what president had the same first name as our 25th president and the same middle initial as our ninth president? Sally Ann? Well, Benjamin uh, Harrison was the 25th president. You say the ninth president? Correct. Repeat what you said, Sally. I said uh, Benjamin Harrison was the 25th president. No. Now, uh, how are you counting? Do you remember one other time uh, that uh, Cleveland, is it not, was elected twice? Is that not right? <laughs> and so he is sometimes counted twice, making the number higher. How are you thinking, Sally Ann? Well, I was thinking that first he was the 24th president, then he was the 26th president, and then Benjamin Harrison had to go in between, so he was the 25th. Well, let's let Pat see what he's Well, the 25th president was William McKinley, and uh, you said uh, you wanted to know what president would have the same first name. Why, that could be William Howard Taft. Very that easily. is exactly right. And you wanted to know uh, something else? Well, I think that our ninth... it all up. We said the same middle initial as our ninth president. Oh. Yeah. Right? That's right. Correct. Along we go. You know, they say we women are always doing things to attract a man's attention. But here are situations in which just the opposite happens. What male creature carries a powder puff in a perfumed pouch to attract his mate? Mike? Well, that would be the male grayling butterfly, wouldn't it? Because uh, under its wings, it carries a little pouch of scented powder in which it uses to dandify itself whenever it meets a female grayling butterfly. You are absolutely correct. What male bird dances in order to receive some attention? Mike? Wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be the male whooping crane? Exactly. Exactly. Have you ever seen a whooping crane? Uh, I don't believe I have. It's an ambition of mine. I, ju I just <laughs> love to see one. Now, who had to dance four consecutive nights before he really attracted his future mate? No hands from the children. Mike? Well, that would be my dad, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be exactly right. Mike, would you uh, care to tell us just uh, what your father had to go through? Well, uh, my father and my mother met at uh, one dance, and they followed that through with three other dances. And uh, they went through the four dances, and they fell in love and got married. But <laughs> is, it, is it not true that uh, on the consecutive... Uh, uh, evenings which followed, uh, that each of them were with a different party. Is that not right? That's right. Uh, they, they, I don't believe they went with uh, each other each time. They just met there. Uh, Mrs. Mullen, would you care to clarify or to add anything? To <laughs> well, it just happened. We met at this one dance on the first night, and then we, uh, it just happened that we were at the same dance on the second night and the third and the fourth. By that time, we were pretty well acquainted. Yes, I could say we were pretty well danced out, I <laughs> This is the day set aside for letting our mothers know how much they mean to us. So suppose we do it in song. Can you quiz kids think of some songs that describe your mother? We'd like to have you sing a part of it for us, too. Frankie? Well, that could be my mom. My mom, do you know any of the songs? Um, I think I know a little bit. My mom, I love her. I can't think it in tune, but my <laughs> mom... Well, I think it's just beautiful. <laughs> I'll just say it be, as if it will be for, for putting to music. My mom, 
Well, it's beautiful, Frankie, and I know your mother's pleased as can be. <laughs> uh, Mike? When Irish eyes are smiling, sure it's like a morning spring. That very well does it, indeed. Lonnie? Uh, well, you're lovely to look at, delightful to know, and heaven to kiss, and uh, also ain't she sweet. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sally Ann? Well, my mom's five foot two, and so the five foot two eyes are blue, and oh, what those five feet can do. Has anybody seen my gal? Your mom. And well, uh, there's, uh, I can, I'm not going to say because I've learned uh, that that isn't so advisable nowadays. But uh, anyway, there would be that old Irish mother of mine. Of course, she's not old, but she is Irish. I <laughs> well, I think you could take that much license. It's a lovely song. And thank you, Pat. Many people like to wish on a star to make their wish come true. If it were night and you looked up at the sky and wished on the nearest star, Outside of the solar system, which star would it be? Frankie? Well, Miss Allison, I think that the nearest star to the Earth, of course, is the sun. But if you mean outside of our solar system, it would be Alpha Centauri. And I don't think I could wish on it very well because it's in the southern hemisphere and it's a summer star in the southern hemisphere. So I don't think... You just astound me. That is <laughs> wonderful, Frankie. The next, the next time I go stargazing, I, I hope you will be my escort. I should like to go with you. You know, kids, we have many records of the wonderful things that mothers have done. So let's see if you can recognize these Bible mothers by what they did. Try to get two out of three. Who had to give up her little boy, yet managed to take care of him by being his nurse? Lonnie? Well, that was Moses' mother. Moses' mother and her name? I don't know her name. Uh, Pat, would I you I think like that to... was Joe Kebed. That's right. Who received an angel's advice on what to do for her homeless, thirsty little boy? Lonnie? Oh, uh, I, I was thinking that was Mary, the mother of Jesus, but it wasn't. No, I can see how you might have have been confused a little by it. Pat? I think that was Hagar. That is correct. And her son's name was... Ah, uh, was Ishmael. Right. Who made her son a new little coat every year and brought it to him at the temple where he lived with the priest? Pat? Oh, that was Samuel's mother, Hannah. That is correct. I know that some of you quiz kids have little brothers. Now, suppose you had been consulted on what name to give your baby brother and you wanted the name to be appropriate to his future work. For instance, if he was going to be a barber, you might name him Bob. What <laughs> would you name him if you thought he might be a baseball hero? Lonnie? Well, I don't know. You might, uh, as a nickname, call him Babe. Babe, <laughs> yes, you might very well. Any help from the mothers on this? They're so busy with their poetry. <laughs> I have a notion to ask them if they heard the question. I think it's only fair. Pat, do well, you, you could name him Fielding. I think there is a name like that. Yes, you could. And Lonnie? Well, this, this is very, very far-fetched, but a common feature of baseball these days is the double header, sometimes called the twin bill. 
Yes. Yes, Pat? There could also be a Homer. Say, and we could have used him today, couldn't we? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what, what if you thought he might be a mechanic? What name might be suitable? Frankie? Well, I think it could be one of our quiz kids' names, Mike. Yes, yes, it might well be. And Sally Ann? Well, if he was a car mechanic, he might be, uh... Let's see, I thought it was like Clarence or Clarence. <laughs> well, what would you say to Jack? Might that not be pretty good? And uh, if he were to be a movie star? Do you think of anything? Um... Sally Ann? Well, I think there's a first name Cameron, so it might be a camera. <laughs> that would be close, but uh, there's something else that's quite coveted among uh, movie stars. Pat? Oscar. Oscar, yes. Very, very good. Thank you. Well, excuse me, Fran, for interrupting, but speaking of Oscars, I think our listeners would like to know about the award this program received this week. It corresponds to an Oscar in the movies. It's the Michael Award, presented at the dinner for the benefit of cerebral palsy victims held at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel by the Academy of Radio and Television Arts and Sciences. With such people as Tom Dewey and Mayor Impelletieri of New York City as speakers and Ed Sullivan, Frank Sinatra, and Milton Berle as awards toast toastmasters. Now, the Quiz Kids radio program received the award last Monday night on the basis of 5,000 ballots cast by newspaper columnists, critics, and network station and agency officials as the best children's program on the air. Thank you, Greg. That was quite an honor, and I certainly agree with the choice. And I can say so because I had nothing to do with it. It was all Joe Kelly and the Quiz Kids. You know, getting children to perform chores around the house seems to be a perpetual problem in many homes. What do you children think is the best way to handle it? Mike? Well, I know the way my mom works it. She says, uh, well, you don't have to do this job, but if you don't do it, you can't go out and play ball. <laughs> I see. Mm -hmm. Frankie? Well, my mommy makes a chart of all the things that I should do. And... You see, there's a double line and then on the bottom are extra points. And if I do all the things in the row on the top, I get a gold star at the top. And for each gold star, I get five cents. How are you doing, Frankie? Have you done pretty well? Yes. So, so far, I'm getting 45 and 55 cents. Well, that's great. Good luck to you, Pat. Well, I'm probably the laziest person in the world, bar none. But uh, my mother always says, well, you don't have to do this, but if you want to have a dirty house when your friends come in, just leave it that way. That's very good psychology. Lonnie? Well, I, I was going to say something like Pat. What I, I would say that the mother should say to the kid, well... You don't have to do this if you don't want it, but if you don't, I'll have to do it, and then I'm afraid I won't be able to get around to doing the thing that you wanted me to do. That's an idea, too. That's very good. Sally Ann? Well, uh, sometimes it's either you do it or else. <laughs> sometimes uh, uh, she might say, well, don't you want to help your mother so we can get ready and go to the show tonight or do something like that, and that usually gets it. That's very fine. Have your mothers anything to add to these sisters, or uh, are you in agreement with the... Policies as evidenced by the children. 
I think the silence gives consent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, well, I'm just going to add that if it isn't baseball, then uh, we, we have to stay, wait for inspection. It's a little military twist. <laughs> oh, fine. Policing the place. Uh, Mrs. Vanderpuck. I was just going to say that I think our system has worked out quite well, and uh, the nicest thing about it is now when I scold Frankie, it's about things that really are important, and when I talk to him, we don't have to waste time about little things that don't matter. Well, that's wonderful. Now, this question combines symphonies and sports, and it sounds difficult to me. I will read you just the opening notes of a symphony. You are to identify the symphony and give its number. Then you must name the major league baseball teams whose position in the standing, as of this morning, corresponds to that number. Is that clear? And here we go. Now, what symphony is this? A flat repeated 12 times, followed by the notes F, G, A flat, A flat. Lonnie? Uh, that is uh, Beethoven's symphony. Well, wait a minute, I, I was thinking of... No, wait a minute. Would you like me to read them again? Yes, would you Would please? it help? All right. Uh, a flat repeated 12 times. All right, Lonnie. A flat repeated 12 times. That would be Tchaikovsky's Symphony Number no. 4. And uh, the teams that were in fourth place in the standings as of this morning. Well, in the National League, there's a tie. Philadelphia has 12, had 12 and 12, and the Cubs in Pittsburgh, 11 and 11, tying them with 500. Right. And in the American League, I believe there was a... Well, let's see. New York in first place, Washington in second place, Cleveland in third place, and... No. Chicago in third place, and Detroit, as of this morning, was in fourth place there. Now I dropped correct. to fifth, I believe. That is right. Wonderful. These, these are the notes of a principal theme. High E, D, C sharp, D, down to F sharp, G sharp, A. High E, D, C sharp, D, down to F-sharp, G-sharp, A. Lonnie? Are all the notes ascending until you say down to yes. F-sharp? I, I would so imagine. <laughs> I, I can't tell much more about it than you can listening. But I can do this for you if it would help. Would you like uh, Miss Westbrook to play that particular series of notes? Yeah, that'd be fine. All right. <laughs> Wasn't that was down? All right, Lonnie. Uh, that's Beethoven Symphony Number no. Seven. That is exactly major. right. The teams that are in seventh place in the American League. I believe the Philadelphia Athletics had a half game edge over the St. Louis Browns this morning, and in the National League, New York Giants were one game. You are Cincinnati. absolutely correct. <laughs> According to an ancient myth. Atlas is supposed to be holding up the world, but what actually keeps the Earth from falling? Frankie? Well, Miss Allison, the sun has a strong gravity pull on the Earth, pulling the Earth towards us. And at the same time, the Earth is spinning around, creating a centrifugal force in the opposite direction. And these two forces pulling against each other is what keeps the Earth from falling. Thank you, Professor. Thank you. 
The quiz kids did some singing for us earlier in the program, so now I'd like to see how well you mothers can do on this singing question. <laughs> I'll give you just the first line of a song, and if you recognize it, we would like you to sing a bit of it for us. What song starts with the line, We Ain't Got a Barrel of Money? Mrs. Lumby? Well, I, I don't know the title, but it's, uh, We ain't got a barrel of money Maybe we're ragged and funny But we'll travel along singing a song Side by side and That's the title. That's the title. <laughs> All right. Now, I was born on a farm down in Iowa. Uh, Mrs. Wilhelm. Well, I think that's Goofus. That's right. Would you like to sing a little of it for us? About that much. Oh, all right. <laughs> I was born in a farm down in Iowa. Da -da 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 -da. We didn't know the second line either. <laughs> Thank you. Now here is a line from a part of the song. It's not the opening line. All the bells in the steeple. Mrs. Conlon. I think that's for me. That's Mary Lou. <laughs> that's right. Would you like to sing a little of it? Well, I'm not the singer in our family. I'll say frankly, but I'll try. <laughs> All right. Mary Lou, Mary Lou, cross my heart, I love you. That is exactly right. Thank you very much. Kids, I'm a sort of a split personality because I'm myself in the evenings when I talk to Kukla and Ollie and all the other Kuklapalatin players on television, just as I am when I'm quizzing you kids, both on television and here. But in the morning, I'm just not myself. Somebody by the name of Aunt Fanny of the Breakfast Club takes over, and, um, gee, I kind of think she's taking over now, which is quite unusual at this time of day. Here she goes. Hi, kids. I just want you to know that I have been a real gadabout this week. I have just socialized it all over the place. Like the other night, I thought I would uh, just by Jing go to see an opera. And it was pretty good, too. I didn't understand uh, too much of it. I never did find out what the name was, <laughs> seeing as how the only French I know is uh, Cherchezzi La Femme, which I heard somebody say once. But anyways, let me tell you about this party that they had in this uh, here opera. The place where they had this party didn't impress me too much because it was a little place, one room and up real high. Poor folks, you might say, but nice. And uh, I guess they must have kind of forgot to pay their bills because one fellow was burning one of his papers or something to warm up the place. And then, uh, mind you, he didn't uh, have any refreshments. To, uh, I never saw a party like it. What was the name of that thing? Sally Ann. That sounds like La Bohème because he, they had to live in an attic because they were poor painters. <laughs> that is right. Thank you very much. Now, all during the show, I've noticed you quiz kids' mothers have been looking very thoughtful and jotting things down on the paper we gave you. And I just bet by this time you've made up some pretty good verses on the subject, My Child Takes After His Father. So suppose you read them for us now. Uh, let's start with Mrs. Conlon. All right, here goes. Whenever Pat and Sheila are not so very good, there always is a reason. And as a mother should, I try to be objective and find out why they're bad. But alas, there's just one reason. They take after their dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, very good. There's Mark. And uh, Mrs. Wilhelm. I think this is about the first poem I've ever written. <laughs> so I thought I'd use your line first. My child takes after her father. With dishes, she says she'd as soon not bother. Sally and her father, when engaged in their readings, 
have as yet to hear any of my pleadings. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mrs. Vanderplug. Well, I'm not so very good on poetry, so I just jotted down a few things about Frankie. And uh, Frankie is just like his father. If he is busy reading or playing, he never hears me when I call him, and especially if he want, if I want him to do something that just isn't too interesting. And when he walks, he is a dead ringer for his daddy. Well, that's good. It's for a blank verse, but it's very good. And Mrs. Mullen. My child takes after his father. All Joe's relatives agree. But that's only on Mike's bad days. Other times, he's just like me. <laughs> And Mrs. Lundy. When he is late for dinner and has an excuse, my child takes after his father. When he insists upon, above all else, sports, he definitely takes after his father. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, suppose that characters from certain stage plays wanted to visit characters from other plays. Between what two cities would Billy Dawn travel if she went to visit... Laura Wingfield. Mike? Well, Billy Dawn was a character in Born Yesterday, which takes place uh, in Washington, D.C. Right. But I'm not sure where the other one is. Uh, Sally Ann, had you an idea? Well, I was just thinking of the first part of it, too. Anyone else? How about the mothers? Mrs. Mullen? Laura was a character in uh, Glass Menagerie. That is right. That took place in St. Louis. That is correct. Thank you. Mina would travel between what cities if she went to visit the Countess Aurelia? Mike? Well, uh, that woman, I can't pronounce her, was, uh... Alcmina. She was, uh, she was Greek. And she came from, uh, Thebes, didn't she? Right. Thebes in Greece. And, uh, wouldn't she be traveling to Paris? To Paris and to why? Paris to, uh, isn't that the, the other one, the mad woman of Shio? That is correct. Shio. That is correct. Uh, Mrs. Mullen, I uh, would rather have imagined that you would have chimed in on that. Were you ready to answer? Oh, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> well, strikes, uh, I'm sure, a very familiar chord with you, because is it not true that you are playing that part in, uh, is it a University of Chicago group production this evening? Or presentation? Well, it's hardly that uh, ambitious. Uh, it's just a little play-reading group. But uh, you are doing we, that part yes, tonight. Yes, I Well, do. good luck to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you'd like to practice, we'll give you a little time. I didn't bring my script. <laughs> <laughs> what word meaning a little white lie can be rearranged to stand for an organization that has trapped many people in their lives? Lonnie? Well, FIB can be transposed to FBI. That is correct. Now, a youngster would like to play with cocker spaniel puppies, but what would he do with hush puppies? Mike? He'd eat them because uh, those are little things made of, uh, they're little cornmeal patties that were made in, in the old days to uh, feed the dogs <laughs> at a fish fry. But now they're spiced up with onions and green peppers and eaten by humans. That is correct. Thank you. Well, that's the bell, and that means that our school is over for today. While the judges figure up the scores, 
I'd like to tell you listeners about a magazine article I'm sure you'll want to read. It's in the American magazine, the May issue, now on the newsstands. The story is by Jerome Beatty and tells how you may have a quiz kit in your home without realizing it. It also tells a lot about these fine quiz kids in our class today and others that you all know and about their parents and their homes. It's a very interesting story, and I'm sure you'll want to read it in this month's American Magazine. And now I see the judges have your report cards. And remember, kids, whether you win or lose, you each receive a United States savings bond for your future education. As a class, you missed no questions this evening. Individually, Pat was first, Lonnie second, and Mike third. So you three are see back in school next Sunday to compete with Joseph Darwish, 13, of New York City, and Melvin Miles, age 7. I hope all you listeners will be back, too. So until next Sunday at this same time, this is Fran Allison dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Miss Allison. Allison. Listen to the quiz kids coast to coast every Sunday evening and also see and hear the quiz kids television program on NBC. Consult your local newspaper for time and station. This is Greg Donovan speaking. Quiz Kids is a Lewis G. Cowan production.